Uh, if you were here last Sunday night, we did something called the Vision and Prayer Night. So just a quick bit of family business here. Uh, at our Vision and Prayer Night, we kind of, it's sort of like state of the union for the church. So we sit down at the beginning of the year, we talk about things that are happening. And part of what we do, it's a small part of what we do, but we do approve our 2020 financial budget plan for the year. And so I just wanted to make sure everybody knew what happened uh, there. We, we took a vote. It was like 100% uh, unanimous vote on our 2020 budget. But there's just some, some realities. I just want to make sure everybody knows. So you can flash that on the screen for me, Ian. That would be great. Um, so we approved a budget that requires us to bring in uh, $37,800 approximately, uh, which is great. Uh, and then that is an increase uh, from 2019 into 2020 of roughly uh, $3,000 a month. And so uh, super pumped that the church is super pumped about the budget. Uh, but just to make sure we're all clear, the, the, the implications of that then, of course, for us as a church is that we're going to um, pray, ask the Spirit how we can uh, participate in meeting that budget. And so um, it's one thing to say yes to something. It's another thing to say yes, and now I'm going to be a part of it. And so just encouraging our church family to pray, ask the Spirit, how do you want me to you know, perhaps increase my giving, start giving, whatever the case is. Um, yeah, and, and just help us to, to meet those goals. We have some big plans for 2020. We're super excited about what Jesus is doing uh, in and through our church. And so uh, one of the ways that he works in and through his people is through the finances. He gives us, calls us to steward them for his mission, for his goodness, for his glory, and to help us reach the city of Victoria. So pray about that. Okay, enough of that. We have some more celebrating to do this morning. Oh, man, it's because I've been gone for a couple weeks, guys. I just got like a bunch of celebrating to get out of my system. Uh, this morning, what we are going to do is we are going to uh, take the rest of our time together this morning to do like a, an update slash celebration of uh, the work that Jesus is doing uh, in Tokyo through our sister church, Soma Fuchu. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, we have a partnership with a church overseas uh, called Soma Fuchu. There's a church plant over there that I met, and I'll explain how this all happened. Um, his name's Yoshito, and Yoshito planted a church there, and uh, that's a church that we partner with. We've sent missions teams over there. We send money over there monthly, uh, and, and it's our partner church. And what I want to do is just kind of set the table by answering two questions for us about our partnership with Soma Fuchu. The first question is this. Why do we have a partnership with Soma Fuchu? Like, why do we partner with them? And then the second question is, what does this partnership mean? So let me just unpack this first one for just a second. Why do we have a partnership with Somafuchu? There's kind of two reasons. Uh, the first reason is a theological reason. Uh, when we look at the Bible, when we look at the scriptures, what we see is that uh, God is telling us a story through the scriptures. And it's a story that starts in Genesis, it ends in the book of Revelation, and it's a giant story of his plan to bring himself as much glory as he possibly can. So in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we get this picture of God who creates the earth. He creates humanity, and his desire is that humanity ref would reflect his goodness, his glory, his grace. He makes mankind in his image, in his likeness, to tell the truth about what he's like. And his plan has always been to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory, to fill the earth with his image bearers. Uh, we often will talk about Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, verse 14, where, where through uh, the prophet Habakkuk, God says that his desire is that the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord in the same way that the sea covers, or that the waters cover the sea. And so God's plan has always been what we call at West Village gospel saturation, that the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, that every day, every man, woman, and child would have the opportunity to have a daily encounter with Jesus and his church. That's always been God's plan. Genesis 1 and 2, that was his plan. Genesis chapter 3 happens, and brokenness enters into the world. Sin enters into the world. Death enters into the world. 
And, and suddenly, this plan that God has has gone awry. Suddenly, we're not reflecting the image that we were made in. We are now reflecting the brokenness of our own heart. And what we have from, really, from Genesis chapter 3 all the way through to the book, the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, is God working out his plan of redemption. His plan of making everything sad coming untrue. His restoration of all things, all peoples, all nations, all tribes, all tongues, the earth, everything in it being restored to the way that God intended it to be. Uh, We see in the Gospel of Matthew, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, a verse that we talk about a lot here, and we are going through a series on the Gospel of Matthew, and so we will get to these verses. But in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gives his disciples these instructions. He says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus said this, He came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make more disciples. And in other words, go and make more image bearers. Go and let more people know who I am. And look at what he says, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. We talk a lot about the city of Victoria, and we should, because there's a lot of people in the city of Victoria that don't know Jesus But we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the fact that Jesus' command is to go beyond just the city of Victoria. It's actually to go to the nations. It's to go to the whole world. That There's a whole world of people that don't know Jesus. And so we're driven by Jesus' call here to go beyond just our city, to go specifically to the nations. And I'll talk specifically about why we partner with Somofuchu in just a minute. We see this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Again, the words of Jesus This is post-resurrection where he's giving his disciples instructions before he ascends into heaven. He says this in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Again, we get this picture of a group of people that have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 28, Jesus says to go make disciples. Here, Jesus says to be my witnesses. In other words, to testify, to tell the truth about what I'm like. And look at what he says, in Jerusalem, so locally, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God's plan has always been to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory. And the way he's choosing to work out his plan is through his church. It's through his people. Uh, The little taste of the glory of God that my family got the last couple of weeks, that's what we're talking about. And then we get this beautiful picture in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And, and this is beautiful. What I love about this is, like, we know how the story ends, right? Like, we know Jesus wins. We know where things are going. And so look at what uh, Jesus says through the apostle John to us. He says, after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And so we get this picture from John of heaven where, where God, by his grace, pulls back the veil, allows John to get a picture, a glimpse of what eternity will look like. And here's what we see. We see people from every nation, from every tribe, from every tongue. And what are they doing? They're gathered around Jesus. They're worshiping. It's a beautiful picture. And so for us, just, again, this is kind of a Cliff Notes version, but for us as we we understand the trajectory of God's story and we, we 
sink our teeth into verses like this and allow them to press themselves into our heart, what this does for us is both out of obedience, but also in faith, know that we are called to help and be a part of what God is doing to reach the nations. And there's this beautiful reality for us. I was just thinking about this as I was preparing my thoughts for this morning. A verse like Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, here's what this tells me. That whenever we invest in what God is doing anywhere in the world, it's a can't-miss investment. So we're going to hear about Japan in just a minute, and we're going to hear how half of 1% of uh, Japanese people know Jesus, and it's going to seem bleak, and it's going to seem dark, and it's going to seem impossible. We know how it ends. We know that there will be a day where there will be a multitude of Japanese people gathered around the throne worshiping Jesus. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. You're like, what? What does that mean? Let's clap. That's what that means. You look at your street and you think, man, this is bleak. My neighbors are never going to know Jesus. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, there will be a multitude from Victoria gathered around the throne worshiping Jesus. We live in one of the least church cities in North America, 3% of our city this morning gathered in a church, but we know how the story ends. So every dollar we spend, every, every missional thing we do, every hour we give up, every time we open our home, it's not done in vain. This is the, this is the most can't-miss investment you will ever make. If you're a stock person, like this is as blue chip as it gets, right? You are going to win on this. God will deliver on your investment. It's inevitable. And so we give because we, we know that doesn't matter how much we give, it's never irresponsible. It's always the right investment because God's going to do great things with it. Here's the second reason why we partner with Soma Fuchu is because, and this is more specific to Soma Fuchu, it's because we believe that the Spirit of God has led Somafuchu into our path. We, we do not believe that this is an accident. We believe that this is a spirit-led thing. Quick story if you haven't heard it, but about four years ago, uh, I had the privilege of going uh, to Australia with our Soma family and just to help do some uh, training of other church planters and church leaders in Australia. And I was there for two weeks and uh, Todd Moore, who took me over there with him, invited uh, Yoshito, who uh, is the church planter at Somafuchu. And we got to spend a couple weeks together. And also Steve, who's one of the elders at Somafuchu, was there with us and we had a great time and we got to know each other uh, really well and just I, I personally sense like me and him had a kindred spirit we had a heart for our city and a heart for Jesus and a heart for his people to live on mission and as we were saying goodbye at the airport spirit of God just really clearly said Chris you need to stay in touch with Yoshi you're going back to Victoria where you think it's hard but Victoria is Disneyland compared to Tokyo so uh, you, you just need to reach out to him you need to love him you need to encourage him and so that started a friendship we would talk every once in a while. We had an opportunity to bring him to Victoria, so we did. He was in Seattle. We flew him to Victoria. He came on our uh, missional or community group leader retreat. We, we had him share. Uh, we asked our leaders to just pray into our elders and our community group leaders, pray into and ask if uh, we were feeling like the Spirit was leading us to partner more intentionally with Yoshi. In that time, through Tony and Rebecca Jansen and their work on the university campus, there was a university student that, that was connected to our church, Maki. Some of you may remember her. She came to faith in Jesus. We were actually able to send her back to Japan, connect her with Yoshi. I'm not sure if she's still following Jesus, but at that time, at least, it just sensed, we sensed that the Spirit was moving. The Spirit was moving. And so we started just by taking up a special offering every once in a while and sending that over by way of encouragement to the Somofuchu family. 
Uh, we sent a team over uh, three summers ago. I got to be on that team, and a number of you were on that team. The year after that, we weren't able to send a team, so we sent Net, and Net went on her own. Uh, Net Martin went on her own and helped lead English camps. And then this last summer, we sent another team. We would be sending another team again this summer, uh, but with the Olympics, Olympics, it's just too expensive, and logistics are too difficult. So we're planning on sending a team again in 2021. With that, we've also increased our financial partnership with Soma Fuchu. Uh, I think last year we gave roughly about $10,000 to the work that God's uh, doing over there. And so for us, we, we just felt like we really wanted to partner in a real way with Soma Fuchu. So for us, what does partnership mean? I mean, some of the things I've already talked about, finances, uh, you know, contact. We've had Yoshi, uh, and we'll hear a video update from him again this morning in just a minute, but we've had him, uh, you know, do video updates. We've had him lead communion via video in Japanese, which was a real sweet time for us as a church. We're going to continue some of those things, but I remember a specific conversation I had with Yoshi when I was in Japan three years ago, where him and I were sitting in a coffee shop on one of our down days, and uh, I, I said, Yoshi, you know, our church our leaders love you. We love the work that God is doing here. I said, but I really don't want Soma Fuchu to feel like a line in our budget or like this thing that we talk about once a year. Like, I really want this to feel like we're helping plant a church in Tokyo. Like, I want to be able to say that. I want to say that West Village is planting a church in Tokyo. Like, we want to feel like we have more skin in the game, if you will. And I mean, Yoshi was like, yes, <laughs> I would love that. And so we came back again. I came back from that trip and we started talking as elders and praying into that. And, and, and that was our heart. Our heart was that we didn't want to just have this missions thing that we did over here, but we really wanted to be a part of what God was doing in Tokyo. And so what that means for us is when they have things to celebrate, we celebrate, we rejoice with our brothers and sisters, but when they have need, we also have need. And so this morning, what I want to do is both. We're going to, we're going to take a few minutes to rejoice, uh, but we're also going to take a few minutes just to talk about some of the needs that they have over there and some of the ways that we could potentially uh, participate with them. And so I'm going to tee you up, Ian, to, to show... This is a video update from Yoshi that he sent to me, just kind of sharing some of uh, what God has been doing over there. So uh, pay attention to the screen here behind me. Hi, West Village. Thank you so much for your prayers and uh, your support for us. Two weeks ago at our gatherings, we spent time to look back 2019. Uh, six mission communities come together to share what God has done. And it was great to see each mission communities uh, growing in the knowledge of the gospel and also uh, they, are able, they are sharing the gospel to their friends and their neighbors. And last year, we had four people uh, got baptized. And last year, we had more than 100 kids heard the gospel for the first time because of the English camp. Thank you so much for you guys coming to Japan to serve. And because of that, we are still continuing building a relationship with those people. Uh, this year, uh, we are expecting more people, uh, uh, next month we are expecting three people to, will get baptized and also we are looking forward to put more seeds of the gospel in our cities. Uh, please continue to pray for us and please continue to pray and, and also John Cole and his family is, is able to come back to Japan so that gospel 
works will go forward. And uh, please continue to pray. Thank you so much uh, for uh, coming alongside with us. And thank you for this partnership. Thank you. How cool is that, hey? Come on. It's amazing. Uh, I don't want to steal uh, John and Ari who are going to come up here just like I don't want to steal their thunder, but I mean, that is, uh, Japan is the least reached open country in the world, and there's people meeting Jesus there. So cool, guys. So cool. Revelation chapter 7, uh, verse 9 is coming true in our midst, and we get to be a part of that. I hope you feel that. I hope you, you watch that. <laughs> like, I'm choked up. I hope you get choked up. So good, so good. And, and just, I'll just say this about Yoshi too, because he would never say this about himself, which is one of the reasons I think that uh, we all love him so much, is that he's a very um, strategic leader in uh, Tokyo and in Japan. Uh, he, it's not just Somofuchu. Uh, when, we, when we support the work that's happening, we're not just supporting what's happening with Somofuchu. Yoshi is a networker. Uh, he is bringing the churches together and helping them rethink through what it means to be the church in, in that context. And there's some really neat things that are happening uh, through him and the way that God's using him specifically to reach Japan. So know that our, our investment in them is, is being multiplied in many other churches. So we celebrate, but there's also need. I'm going to invite uh, John and Ari, if you would uh, come and join us up here. Uh, I had the privilege of meeting John uh, about three or four weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. Um, when we were, I went to, down to San Diego. And so uh, John and Ari have been uh, missionaries serving over with Yoshi for uh, a few years. I'll let them tell their story. Yeah, come on up. Don't be shy. Don't be, you guys can clap for them. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and they have, uh, yeah, just an incredible story of uh, God's faithfulness, uh, his leading in their life. You can put that right up here. And um, uh, when I heard that story, uh, I just, I, I felt compelled to come back and again, ask our leaders, uh, are we actually planting a church in Tokyo? And if we're actually planting a church in Tokyo, then our brothers and sisters have need. And I feel like we should at least do our best to try and help them meet that need. So I will say no more other than uh, I've just gotten to know these guys. They've been staying at our house uh, last night, and I spent some time with John in San Diego. And, and I'll just tell you, like, they're West Village people, okay? They're, they're good people. Like when Kelly and I went to bed, she said, we have new friends. <laughs> yeah, we have new friends, West Village. You have new friends, okay? John and Ari. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Wow. Good morning. I'm from Texas, so I'll, I'll say howdy, y'all. Um, wow. I'm just kind of speechless. We're just so excited to be here with you this morning and, and, uh, just can't, uh, believe that we're here. Honestly, it's kind of crazy. Um, I just thank you for letting us come and to spend time with you. You didn't really have a choice, I guess you're sitting there and you have to listen, but thank you nonetheless. And let me just please say, state the obvious, like you guys are a real family. Um, it's just, it was just so apparent to both of us as we've come up here. We got here yesterday, but like we've just been loved in and, and just brought in. Um, and we didn't do anything to, you know, earn that or deserve that. And, and that is such a picture of the gospel, right? I mean, you guys are showing us Jesus. You're showing us the gospel by doing that because there's nothing we can do to earn God's love and, and being accepted into his family. Um, that Jesus would make us his brothers and sisters in the kingdom. Um, and I'm, I just think of John fifteen thirteen, where it says, there's no greater love than this, 
that one would lay down his life for his friends. And uh, you guys, in, in a sense, are laying down your lives for one another and, and uh, for us maybe to a degree. So just thank you for that. Um, what we want to do this morning is share our story, um, our stories of how we got to Japan and then what God has been doing in Japan and allowing us to be a part of. I'll start with my story, and I'll tell you that I grew up in a Christian home in, in Dallas, Texas, the, bu- the buckle of the Bible belt, um, where we went to church every Sunday. But as a young child at eight years old, my family went through something really challenging. My parents um, called us in, my, I have two older brothers, called us into the living room. And I remember walking in, and the first thing I see is my father sitting on the couch crying, and I'm really confused. And then my mom starts to explain to us that they're getting a divorce. And I'm eight years old, so I don't really understand what this means, but my two older brothers are crying, you know, so I can realize this is, this is painful. And I quickly come to find out our family's being torn in half, broken apart. And uh, fortunately, the Lord protected me and allowed me to, to live with my mother and continue going to church where I would continue to learn about Jesus. Um, but it wasn't until I was 16 years old that uh, I finally understood what it meant to be a Christian. It wasn't just about going to church on Sundays. It was about that relationship that we can have with Jesus every day and have with his people. It was my older brother um, who, from the divorce, just went down a really horrible path with drugs and alcohol um, and was sobered up by the end of, of high school enough to where when he went to college, he was able to uh, start his in a new way his relationship with the Lord. And so he had come back from college. I was 16. We were hanging out over holiday break and uh, he was sharing with me about his relationship and just things he was learning and the gospel. And I was just, I was like, wow, okay. For the first time, it really makes sense to me what this is supposed to be. And so in that time, I feel like that's where I started my real journey with the Lord. It's also where I felt called to serve the Lord with my life. I just had this burden on my heart to make what I had just kind of come to realize known to more people. So I started getting involved in uh, music, leading worship, helping with worship at church, and then going on mission trips. So I was going anytime I could from Texas. We went down to Mexico a lot. Um, And then when I went off to college, got to uh, go to several other countries in Europe and then Asia. And eventually I I ended up in Japan. I actually had the opportunity to be an exchange student in Japan for a whole year where I got to study the language and the culture. And I just fell in love with it. (laughs) I remember realizing, like, I want to be here the rest of my life. Like, I love this place. Uh, the people, the food, everything, the sushi. Um, <clears throat> I was also coming to see the brokenness, though. I was just overwhelmed by the pressure I was seeing with the students at the college to perform and to, su- to succeed, so much so that they were just riddled with depression and suicide. And I was just overwhelmed. I mean, such a small percentage knowing Jesus and never having heard of Jesus. So all these feelings, I was realizing God's calling me to Japan. I want to live here. I love these people, and I want them to know Jesus. So I followed that call, and I, I moved. I went back to college to graduate. I moved from college to another state to go to seminary in pursuit of becoming a missionary. Um, not that you have to do that, but that's what I did. And it was at that seminary that I met this beautiful lady. Uh, my name is Ari. I've never had a clap before for that. So. Yeah. Uh, my name is Ari. It's like sorry without the S, if that helps you remember. Um, and uh, I grew up in Florida, uh, the Sunshine State, and we brought some of the sun with us here, which has been really cool. Um, hopefully it stays. Um, I hope when we leave it doesn't start raining again. Um, but anyway, so I grew up in Florida um, most of my life, but um, actually my story is that my my father is a pastor, and so we moved around um, some 
um, when I was little and um, always, you know, went to church kind of like John. Um, I was around age seven when it sunk into me. I understood that I needed to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, and just remember praying one Sunday night after church uh, in my bedroom with my mom. Just a simple prayer saying, change me, God, come into my life. Um, that's where my walk with the Lord began. Um, around the same time, I was involved in a class at my church um, for girls where they were talking about missions and cultures around the world. Um, it's a class called GAs, or Girls in Action. Um, you may have never heard of it, but anyway, um, probably you haven't. Some people in the States have. But anyway, uh, I was learning about missions, and I remember thinking as like a seven-year-old girl, ah, oh, it'd be so cool to be a missionary one day. Um, but that was just a thought that came in and out of my head, and I, I had no idea what that meant. Um, fast forward to after college, um, so again, I was in Florida at the time. My parents sat us down and said, um, the Lord has called us to move to Utah, and we're going to um, pastor a church out there. And uh, that was on the other side of the country. Um, and for me, I had studied abroad and Europe. Um, I love travel. And I just thought, hey, this would be a great adventure. Like, I want to go out with you. I didn't have to. I was grown, but I wanted to. So I moved out to Utah. And for the first time in my life, because I grew up in the South in, in America, um, you know, I, I grew up where most people called themselves Christian, even if they didn't really believe. Um, but living in Utah, I was challenged almost on a daily basis um, about what, what do I believe and why do I believe it. And it just pushed me to go deeper into my walk with the Lord. Um, I began reading my Bible more than ever before and praying, and I just sensed that maybe God was calling me to go to the nations and share with people like I was sharing with them in Utah. Um, I'm taking up too much time, so I'm just going to say that during my experience in Utah, that's where the Lord called me to the mission field. I didn't know what that meant. I surrendered to him, but I thought, what does that mean? Long story short, I ended up going to South Africa, um, loved Africa, had no idea. Japan was so far off my radar. I had never thought about Japan, um, but I thought I was going to Africa went to seminary um, to prepare to go to Africa. And uh, even before I met John, Japan just kept coming up over and over into my life. People that had been to Japan, I started meeting Japanese people. I started hearing about Japan everywhere, and I didn't know what it meant, but it was the Lord, right, preparing my heart to, to one day move there. So um, met John, and he said, I've been an exchange student in Japan. And I was like, yet again, another, another little thing. And God showed me that that was us leading um, God was him. That was him leading us to Japan. So yeah, six years ago uh, on, well, yeah, Christmas Day, 2013, Ari and I moved our lives to Japan, to Tokyo. And uh, that, that map that was up earlier, you could see it. But we started our first two and a half years in Chiba, uh, Tsudanuma, just doing full-time language study. That's all we did was study the language because it's that hard. And uh, after we finished that, though, we were, we were fortunate enough to move to another part of Tokyo and immediately got connected to Yoshito. And that's where our story with Soma Fuchi began. And just a very short version of everything that went, we went through, but we just fell in love with this place, fell in love with Yoshito. We saw an incredible opportunity to, to reach the Japanese people uh, with a church that we really believed in and the, the heart that they had and all that kind of stuff. Our organization that we were with, the International Mission Board, which is the Southern Baptist 
convention uh, in America, their mission organization, um, had sent us out. They fully funded us in every way, so it was just incredibly uh, set up for us to, to succeed. But we could not deny the calling we felt towards this church and towards this opportunity. Um, and so after a lot of prayer, we made the decision this past spring to... Um, to resign from our organization so that we could work full-time uh, with Yoshito at Somafuchu. And so in May, we left Japan to come back to the States. And we've been, you know, living with my parents, which is fun, for these um, 10 months. And just following as the Lord leads us to, to raise support so that we can go back to uh, get back to Japan working with Somafuchu. Uh, you see the other name of their Reliant at the bottom. That's the agency that we're now using that basically helps provide the backing for our support raising stuff. The funds that come in, they process it and they send it back to us. So um, that's all I can say about that. Um, so if you move on to the next slide, I want to show you a picture of our family. This is taken last April during the cherry blossoms. Um, Shepard, our son, was born in Tokyo. Uh, he is five. Shiloh is two and a half, and she was actually born in the States when we were back for our, a furlough. Um, they love Japan. I always tell people they, they would prefer a bowl of rice over a, a plate of French fries any day. And uh, we all miss Japan. We're excited to get back. And we, we tell people as well with this picture, the, the cherry blossoms, it's our goal to get back in time to see the cherry blossoms this year. But we'll just trust that to the Lord. So we'll go on to the next picture here. Yeah. So uh, you've probably heard a lot of this before. We're just going to try to uh, share it in a new light. Tokyo is actually the largest city in the world, 38 million people. We learned yesterday, I believe, that Canada is about 34, 36 million people. So if you put all the people who live in Canada in one city <laughs> the size of L.A., roughly, that's Tokyo. Um, that's a lot of people, right? Um, and... They need Jesus Christ. You can go to the next slide. So you see less than 0.5% of Japanese people know Jesus. Another staggering statistic that is estimated, 95% of Japanese people will go their whole life without ever even meeting a Christian. Um, we've also been told that if, let's take, for example, the opportunity for us to work with a bunch of missionaries and churches in Tokyo to plant a whole bunch of churches for this major movement. And let's say we saw 300 new churches started. And each one of those 300 churches grew to 1,000 members. And you think about how incredible that is, but how much work it took to get there. And then you do the math and you realize that's still less than 1% of Tokyo's population. I mean, it's just barely a dent in the losses. So there's just a huge need for laborers to be sent to this harvest. Um, there's, there's a huge need for the gospel. Let's go to the next slide. So um, these are just three things that we share um, about the needs of the Japanese people. This is kind of what we believe. Um, this is what God has laid on our heart and opened our eyes to see. Um, so we share three needs, isolation, acceptance, and a fear of like organized religion. Um, so, you know, Japan is a, is a beautiful country, um, beautiful people made, the country's made up of islands. Um, many people we believe in Japan are walking around like islands. Um, they don't really have true community with others um, and deep, solid relationships with others. Um, we actually believe that the deepest need for Japanese people, and I think I could say the same for, for all people, really, is relationship, right? God created us for relationship, to know him and to know others, right, in light of him. And so um, we believe isolation is a need. Also acceptance. Um, you know, I'm not sure about Canada, but um, in the States, we are a very individualistic 
culture. Um, Japan is a very group culture, and so to be Japanese is to be is to conform and to be like um, others around you. Um, and so acceptance is a need because if you don't fit in with others you can be subjected to ostracism or bullying. Um, There's actually a, a large um, problem in Japan is bullying. And so um, at the bottom, I'm not sure if you can see it, but it does say that the leading cause of death in Japan is actually suicide um, for men aged 20 to 44 and women aged 15 to 34. So it was a real shock for us when we first got to Japan and we're riding the train and we saw the notice. The train was delayed. We didn't know why. And the notice comes up that says there's a human interference. That's why there's a delay today. And, um, and that could mean a number of things. That could mean maybe someone dropped their hat on the tracks and went down to get it. But the reality is that over 18,000 people a year commit suicide in Japan. And the number one way they do that is by jumping in front of a train. So it's a stark reality in Japan. Um, and then fear of organized religion kind of goes in with acceptance because um, to be Japanese typically is to mean that you're Buddhist. And so if you're not Buddhist, um, you're not Japanese. Also, um, Christianity is just very foreign. It's very different um, to Japanese people. It's so, they have no background. Um, They have no context to put it in. So we talk about God. If we say the word God, right, in English, we mean the one true God, the God of heaven. If we say the word God in Japanese, kamisama, it can mean gods. That's the same word they use for millions of gods. And so you have to start from before zero. You know, before, you can't start assuming that they understand what you're talking about. You really have to start from before that. So with these uh, very, you know, bleak and, and dark realities about Japan, at the same time, we, as uh, Chris said, we know the ending of the story. We're really yeah. hopeful about what Jesus, what God's doing um, in Japan. If you can go to the next slide, we'd love to tell you a story about Katsuya, and we'll do this briefly. Uh, we are running out of time, but the guy sitting next to me in the black sweater across from our friend Yoshito um, was one of those guys who really fit the character traits that Ari just described, isolation, not feeling accepted by his own Japanese people around him, and just really uh, apprehensive about anything with religion. And so when we met him, uh, he loved hanging out with us because we're Americans or whatever it was. English, he was just really attracted to us, but he didn't want to have anything to do with our church friends, our Japanese Christian friends, as we told him about them. Um, but quick, you know, just the short version is that over time, his heart was softened. He started to come to our house when we were having missional community uh, at our home with our other Japanese Christian friends. And he experienced something he had never had in his life where he felt accepted for who he was. He didn't feel judged. He didn't feel like he had to put on something uh, to, to make himself look better. He was just able to be himself. And so, so much so that he kept coming over every time we got together as a missional community, even though he had to ride his bike from like 25 minutes away, one way, in rain and snow. It was just amazing to see uh, his life change because of the power of gospel community. And so we believe firmly in that, and we want more people like Katsia to have that same opportunity. We truly believe that the gospel, you can go to the next slide, the gospel is the only source of hope for the Japanese people and for the world. Amen? Um, it's the good news of Jesus Christ. You can go to the next slide. Uh, you, you all know this here. Uh, we usually are sharing with people who, uh, churches that are not Soma. Um, and so, but you know this, missional communities, we believe, are the front door to the gospel. Um, and we believe this works well in Japan because Japanese people aren't going to come visit a church that, Typically, they're not, they're not thinking, oh, I think I'm going to go to church today. They need, 
the church to come to them. They need Jesus to come to them. And so that's what missional community provides for them, is a way in their everyday life to encounter Jesus. Thanks. Next slide. So here's some pictures of our missional community, um, some things that we do together. We just live life together. And you know all this, celebrating birthdays, going bowling. Um, you know, we did, um, I can only think of the Japanese word, uh, going, having a picnic under the cherry blossoms, uh, which is what all Japanese people do in the spring. Uh, you can see Katsuya is in all of these pictures because we're just doing life together, right? You can go to the next slide. This is our Sunday gathering. This is actually not the whole group by any means, and this is actually on a Monday when it was a holiday. We were celebrating the baptism of the guy in the middle with the white turtleneck. He's a chef, and so the only day he had off was Monday. So we decided, let's do, our, let's do his baptism. Let's have our church service with him. Um, and so we got to celebrate that with him. You see in this picture, of course, a lot of Japanese faces, and then you see a lot of non-Japanese faces, and those are just families just like us who are uh, called to serve the Japanese people, and we want to work with the local church to reach Japanese people. So uh, everything we do, we try to do in Japanese. Yoshito, of course, is preaching in Japanese. Uh, I have the privilege of helping lead worship for the church, and we sing in Japanese. Sometimes we'll sing in English um, for, for a lot of reasons, but our desire is to reach the Japanese um, with the gospel, allow us to all grow in that. And then you see a lot of kids, and it's just a fun, uh, exciting, growing church that we get to be a part of, and we love uh, our church family. Let's go to the next slide. So I wish we had more time. I'd love to share some more stories with you. Um, I put the word mama tomo down there because that's the word for mom friend in Japanese. So now you know a little word you can take home with you, um, mama tomo. So, um, you know, we do, we do life as a missional community. We also are trying just to, in our daily life, just share Jesus. Um, some of my mom friends that I met through Shepherd's Preschool, um, we're just living life together. I do what they do. You know, we, after preschool, we go to the park and we hang out and we go to each other's houses and have tea. And as I get to know them, I get to share Jesus with them. And, um, it's, it's a slow process, but it's based on relationship. I love them and, and they love me. And, uh, it's just awesome to see how God is using those relationships to draw them to Jesus. If you want to hear some stories, come talk to me. I'll be glad to share. (laughs) Let's go to the next slide. Uh, You guys probably understand this well, so I'm not going to say too much about this. This is just how we see our church reaching Tokyo is, you know, is the local gatherings, the Sunday gatherings, uh, which we want to see multiplied, built up of missional communities. Um, and then also within those, the DNA groups, two and two, three guys, two and three girls, just growing in the gospel together and seeing that as it grows to engage the, you know, the people of Tokyo. Let's go on to the next slide. Um, and then. Obviously, we are in partnership with the whole Soma family of churches, which we are so excited about, and we've learned so much about over these last few years working with them. And then Yoshito is, a, is, is um, an Acts 29 church planner, and so we do get to benefit from the resources of that being another global family of church planning churches. And Yoshito's heart is very much so to plant churches, um, to see the gospel and the church spread throughout more of Tokyo. And let's go to the next slide. John already briefly talked about this. This is just so you know who we're going back with. We're not saying like, hey, you know, just uh, slip us a check here and uh, we'll just, you know. <laughs> That's not what this is about. We're, we're a part of a, an organization called Reliant. They're actually partnered with Soma Fuchu. So um, there's another couple at our church uh, at Soma Fuchu who are with Reliant. And um, they basically just help mobilize us to get over there. They have, their heart is for the local church. So they're just helping us to be on staff at Soma Fuchu. Um, they're a nonprofit organization, and etc. 
And the next picture you see is the facility of, uh, of Reliant, and we currently have a growing number of missionaries in, in different countries um, with, with a growing number of donors that help to mobilize these, these missionaries. Let's go on to the next slide. And, and just to talk about how we serve at the church in specific ways, uh, Ari and I, of course, help to lead our missional community, our desires for that that group to grow in the gospel, then to multiply and to be sent out so that Japanese men and women are able to also uh, multiply and lead missional communities. Uh, as I said, I lead worship for the church, and then I'm also getting involved in songwriting. And um, I bring this up because what we sing a lot at, at our church in Japan is the songs that you even heard this morning, um, but translated in Japanese. And I just really feel like there needs to be more indigenous original Japanese worship songs. So I myself am not going to be writing Japanese songs as much as I'm going to get to be working alongside some Japanese men and women in, in, that we've met in Tokyo who want to do the same thing. So I'm just really excited about that opportunity. And then finally, uh, Yoshito's told me he wants me to come back and to go through the process of becoming an elder at uh, Soma Fuchu and to serve as kind of a shepherding pastor um, and, and counseling and resourcing our church in those ways. So uh, these are the, some of the ways I get to serve our local church. Next slide. Yeah. It's our last yeah, picture, by the way. We're going over, guys. Do we need to, like, chop it off? Okay. So um, this is what motivates us, this, this picture here. Um, last Christmas, um, so not last year, but the year before, um, our missional community um, had a Christmas party, basically, a Christmas dinner at a little uh, restaurant at the end of our street, and we invited our our friends in the neighborhood to come. Most of them are our mom friends from Shepherd's Preschool. And so we hosted this event. Everyone came together. We shared a meal together. Um, um, I led some Christmas songs in English with like scarves and stuff. And uh, I don't know why I always do that. It's kind of awkward. Um, and then uh, one of our uh, missional community members, Marina, shared her testimony because it was her first Christmas as a believer. So she was able to share that. It was just a really simple time, but it was really fun. And it was a chance for our Japanese friends and neighbors who don't know Jesus yet to meet other Japanese who do. And to see that this is not a, a foreign religion. This is, um, this is just a relationship with Jesus, right? And anyone in the whole world can have that. So we're so excited about having more of those opportunities to encounter. And so I look at this picture. I'm so sorry. I look at this picture and I, I see the faces of these families, these friends, and I think about our, you know, the vision and the goal of our missional community to, to continue to reach them and to see them come to faith. And then to one day as a, as a worship leader, you know, sing songs with them and hear them singing praises to Jesus, just like we heard about from the Revelation passage that they're going to be around the throne uh, from every tribe, nation, and tongue. And so this is, this is what gets us motivated, gets us ready to get back there. And on the next slide... We just say really simply, we can't do this alone. We are reliant. It's not just a cheesy name for our organization that we're using. We truly are reliant on the Lord to provide all the, the funds that we need and the people that to get behind us, come beside us to make this happen. Um, and and the, next, the last slide here uh, is just the three ways that we always share with people how they can join us and help us. Uh, of course, your prayers are, are invaluable. That's the most powerful way and effective way for you to support us and to, to partner with us. And we have a monthly newsletter that we can send out uh, that gives you updates and prayer requests. We also have a Facebook group that we throw you on where we can send like an immediate thing like, hey, we're about to go meet with this person. Please pray kind of updates. Second, we ask people to connect us with others. Someone that's not in this room that you think of who's in your family, your workplace, whatever, and you think, hey, maybe they'd like to hear about Japan and what the Coles are doing there. Uh, we'd love to connect with them. And then finally, of course, is the financial part. 
Um, Tokyo is an expensive place to live. Uh, we're, we're just trusting that the Lord's going to provide those funds. Um, I think it's okay for me to say we're at 60% of our goal right now, uh, which we have a long way to go before we can get back to Japan, but we, we do see the Lord at work and he's, he's, you know, putting on people's hearts the desire to, to sponsor us monthly and to, to partner with us in this work. So, uh, we're just thankful that we get the opportunity to, to share all this with you. And to just invite you to, to join us on this journey, uh, to join in the work in these specific ways, if you feel led to. So that's all for this morning, and we thank you again so much for your time. Thank you. Stay, stay here. Um, I told you, they're like us. They kept apologizing. They're like Canadians. Good Canadians. Oh, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. You hit a Canadian with uh, your car, and they'll apologize for being in the way. So I hereby make you official Canadians. <laughs> um, I do. I do just want uh, to. Yeah, we got a couple more minutes. Don't worry. Don't. We, that, here's another way you know they're one of us because they're going overtime, right? Chris always goes overtime. It's all good. You're with us. Don't worry about it. We're family. Um, I do want to just couple things really quickly. Uh, one thing I want to just make clear, and I don't want to make this a bigger deal than it needs to be, but um, if you didn't catch this part of their story, they started with it and they were really humble about it, but um, they had a paycheck uh, working with IMB and uh, their philosophy of ministry for IMB was just different than, than John and Ari's. And, and so they, uh, they made a decision to walk away from that, to partner with a local church. And that in no way, in no way means anything ill of IMB. Uh, just their conviction was so strong that, that they stood on that conviction. And I just want to honor them for that. And I think you, you need to know that. Um, so they are, they are really, really, really believing in the local church. And so I, I just want you to know like the cost that they, they walked out. And it was their decision to do that. But at the same time, uh, I think, you know, for, um, for, for me that uh, as someone who recognizes that the local church is the hope of the world, it is the means by which Jesus intends to make his glory known. Matthew 28, Acts chapter one, that's Jesus speaking to his church. It's a big deal. I think it deserves uh, for us just to honor that. And, and I don't mean to I just mean honor in the sense of like, just honor you uh, for that. Um, another thing I wanted to maybe just make you guys aware of, you, you received a, a handout when you came in or a card. You should have that with you. Uh, if you just want to like fill it out, like John and Ari are going to be out in the lobby afterwards. They have a little basket there. You can drop it in there. There might be lots of people that want to talk to them and you don't have time to wait. You just drop that in the basket uh, and they'll make sure you get added to their email list and connect with them. They're also here for a couple days. They're here until uh, tomorrow afternoon. And we have lots of free time. Uh, and so if you want to connect with them, you can talk to me uh, after the gathering. You can just go talk to them directly and say, hey, I'd love to meet you for coffee, hear more about your story, or um, just connect in some way. You know, we would in encourage you to do that. And then what I want to do now, though, is, uh, is just take some time to pray. So here's what I would like to do. I'm going to invite uh, Ken Saw, who's one of our elders. If Ken, if you would come up. Sorry, just pop that on you if you don't mind coming up. And then anyone who has joined us on one of our, I'd love to invite the whole church to come up. It's just, this is a small stage. Uh, anyone who's joined us on one of our teams to Japan, if you could come up as well, because uh, a lot of the people that have been on the trips have been multiple times. And the reason they've been multiple times is because they have a huge heart for Japan. Uh, there's people that are actually saving for when we go in 2021. Uh, so um, I would just love to, as they're coming up, maybe just ask you guys, what are some specific things that we could just 
uh, pray for with regards to you guys and, and maybe even just the work in Soma Fuchu. Just whatever you'd, you'd have us pray for right now. Uh, man, yeah. I mean, our kids are awesome and God is, is faithful to take care of them. I think we can easily become concerned about their hearts and uh, uh, just the transitions that they've had to endure with all this. And so when we go back, Shepard's going to be jumping right back into Japanese kindergarten. Um, and he's lost all his language ability at this point. So there's a little fear in my heart that it's going to be a lot of stress on him. But yeah, just that God will continue to protect them um, and uh, teach them the gospel as we go through this this journey. Of course, financial needs that we have. Um, and then, you know, the work over there is we're just so excited about what God's doing in our immediate neighborhood with our missional community. They're still meeting without us being there, of course, which is awesome. And so just that God will continue to grow them in, in the gospel and um, Man, yeah, that we can just be humble servants that just are faithful to do what he's, you know, gifted us to do, called us to do, and uh, that we wouldn't complain, <laughs> yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Let's get our